Hello and welcome to this edition of Brightcast. Now it's been some time since I've been speaking to you, mainly because we've just been so busy with making content, e-learning content for various different clients. So whilst I'm taking a little break out from that today, I thought it'd be a good time to chat to you a little bit more about how to make the perfect online content to make it first relevant to the audience that you're working with, how to choose the right platforms that are out there, and of course, how to make the engagement and the assessment of the online learning strong. Because, you know, there's just so many options out there from software, which enables you to make creative pieces of work through to actually putting it on a platform. Now, there are so many people out there producing online e-learning content, and this could come in many different forms. Whether it's actually making e-learning content for an accredited course, let's just say, or whether you're actually just wanting to make learning content for something that you're specializing in. Maybe you're a consultant and you're wanting to make an e-learning program on how to complete the perfect tax return, for example. Because all in all, as well as that being a practical tool of videos, that can also be a very formative piece of uh, marketing material for yourself. In addition, you know, we have instructors, things like fitness instructors, yoga instructors that are wanting to get out there and make online content. I mean, first of all, you need to plan it. When I'm planning content, it, it boils down to that whole storyboard scenario. You know, I always have an, a piece of paper in front of me. This is where I go back to traditional forms of planning, you know huge piece of paper marked out each square to what scenario is going to happen in each of the sections. Now it's important to understand when you're planning each lesson that you may be having first of all the time constraint is going to be a massive massive thing. You don't want your lessons to drag out. People's attention spans especially when they're online are really low. I always say realistically a lesson should be anywhere between three to five minutes i mean saying that i know i've published lessons out there which are sort of more seven minute long but really that's what we need to be looking for the time frame of the lesson so it's all in all it's much better to make video learning lessons within this three to five minute time frame if you've got a lot of content that you're putting into your storyboard, your planning stages first, you need to actually think about breaking each section down. Rather than doing a lesson on a whole learning outcome, let's just say if you're working on an accredited piece of learning, you might want to break each lesson into a model or a theory that comes after that. Now, when you're looking at that planning stage as well, another good thing is um, theory to practical, as I like to call it. You may want to introduce a theoretical model in one lesson. Within the same lesson or after the lesson, you may want to plan in a second lesson that then shows how you take the theoretical background that you've learned from the previous one and how you can demonstrate to make this a more practical piece of work. So there are a couple of different options. <clears throat> it doesn't always have to come down to a video-based lesson, for example. Video learning is great, okay, especially if you've got the tools to make some great animation. And I'm going to speak about that a little bit later on. But 
not every lesson has to be a video because we've got to understand there are different styles of learners out there. This could be learners who are more visual based, more audio based, more kinesthetic, which is where they like to learn as they go along. So we have to embrace that as well. So you may have in your storyboard planning lesson one, which could be a theoretical model on let's just say how to produce a SWOT or a pestle analysis. Let's just say if you're doing a management course. And then the second lesson, it could be actually an audio piece, a little bit like a podcast, which is kind of like you saying, okay, so you're now listening to me. I want in front of you to have your screen open, take this, use this, or even make the second lesson a video again, but rather than that, you could plan in a case study or an example to follow, or you could introduce a PowerPoint slide, um, which has a series of activities listed on. PowerPoint, okay. A lot of people, and I always say PowerPoint isn't really e-learning, especially if you intend to just upload a 40-page piece of PowerPoint material. Um, it, it won't work. But, you know, in some instances, it does work. For example, if it's just a follow-on from a video-based learning, where you're now listing five tasks that you want the person to complete from the video that they've watched, then that's where PowerPoint can actually come in really well. So when you're putting your storyboard together, I'm always like lesson one and I scribble down video and the type of video that I'm gonna make. So that's gonna come up in a moment. Then I'll put lesson two, PowerPoint slide activity and so on and so on. Um, so there's a set series of storyboards. I mean, at this point in your planning, it's also very good to start thinking about how you're going to do the assessment for it, which again boils down into the planning. If you're a teacher, you know, or a skills coach or anything along those lines, you would naturally do um, a scheme of work for your course and assessment plan anyway. But in e-learning, you need to think about what type of assessment you're going to have because you're going to be a little bit more limited, okay? Chances are it's going to be a test or a quiz based learning. But there are many different learning platforms out there which are offering more test based equipment as well. So it's worthwhile checking those out. For example, submitting an assignment or even it doesn't have to be anything that they could submit on the website. You may just want to speak or ask the learner to do an activity um, to submit back to you. Now, of course, that's in the form as if you are a teacher, okay? But, you know, if you're teaching globally, that ain't gonna happen. So you may have to go down the more automated route of question and answer style questions or multiple choice based questions. And again, this is everything that I would put into the actual storyboard and make a series of planning concepts. Really, at this point as well, before you go live with the project, if you are working as a team, this is where you would discuss with the team members if you think it's going to work. And you know what? Your storyboard will change as you go and make the content. It's quite natural for it to do that. You're naturally going to find things as you're producing content and then say, okay, that's not going to work. I'm going to change that. You know, by the time I'm halfway through making my courses, it's scribbled out, there's edits, there's re-edits. We've completely changed it. But at least when you go into it, you have a set plan. I've seen from my own example, developers go in with a brief and they're like, okay, well, that's fine. I, I understand what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go out and make it. And before you know it, 
it doesn't quite fit because they've made too many videos in this style and they're too long here and they could have if they just clearly thought about step by step before they'd gone into that then it doesn't matter if they change it as they go along they need to have that clear vision when they're coming up with the planning concepts so now you've thought of the planning or whilst you're actually making the planning, the next thing that we need to actually look at is more of what is the content going to look like and how am I going to do this? Because content can come in multiple forms. You can first of all have something all singing, all dancing, animated, looking awesome. This is great. Now, if you're making a very high and premium course, you may want to, of course, introduce this because people are gonna have certain expectations of what you're going to deliver but really at the very start whilst you're doing the planning and understanding what content you're going to use you're going to have to understand who your target audience are in the same way an organization before they've pumped out some marketing material they'll want to know first of all who their target market is because if you're making an accountancy video um, for professionals, you know, some crazy animation might not fit the bill, even though you think it's going to be all singing or dancing. And you're going to have to think of something else. So really, you know, on a a again, a piece of paper, scribble down who your audience are. And again, then understand what level they are, because that's the important thing. Are they going to be managers? working in an organization or are they going to be frontline staff because if they are you could be delivering the same content but in a very different way for example a senior director who's just going online to boost their cpd in a particular management skill when you're talking about management theories then they would want it in, in very fine detail and want the style to be very different now, you may then be teaching the same model or theory to someone who's now going from staff member to their first step in management as a team leader. They'll want to know that theory, but they'll need to know it in a completely different way. So understanding your target audience is going to be a key thing. And also understanding what their end goal is. Because content and e-learning can be great if it's done right but there needs to be outcomes and there need to be objectives for each lesson that you're going to, to produce. So thinking of the content after the storyboard and then thinking of, so now you're adding into your storyboard. So you've already produced a document that has little squares on it saying this is gonna be this, it's gonna be this. Now you're gonna think about adding stuff on like what is that square going to be? Is it gonna be an animated video? Is it gonna be a piece to camera? Piece to camera by the way is you looking physically at a camera lens talking to which you may have a green screen behind it to which you may um, like something that I've done before is simply standing in front of a plain white wall and then when I've given the video back if we're editing I've added text around me which makes it look really interesting so think about your target audience there are loads of, of bits of software out there. If you're going to go down like this, this animation route, a few bits of software which are quite great, Video Scribe. This is the software which looks like you know you're writing on a whiteboard style. Very, very good if you're making something like an explainer video in your content. 
Um, I'm going to go away from academia for the moment and speak a little bit more about if you are, let's just say, an instructor, a yoga or a fitness instructor, you know, you may have some practical shooting of you doing an exercise move in the gym, but you may want to break that up with videos <clears throat> which then say, you know, and don't forget to do this, do this, look out for this, you know, so explain in clear text because sometimes people get it a lot more when they're listening and reading. So this is where audio and visual comes into play a lot more. Especially if I'm explaining something like on a video, health and safety or safeguarding policies. These whiteboard sections are often proved to be some of the best. Okay, there are <clears throat> packages out there um, that make some amazing video uh, packages. Um, and it really just depends on how much money you want to spend on your e-learning program. If you're doing this from day one, you know, you, you won't want to spend a lot because you want to test it out, for example. But there, there are packages out there like Powtoon.com. Uh, they make some great marketing, e-learning, animated style videos. Um, they're a freemium model. So to be honest with you, you can make content with them to start off with on their free service. Produce it, make it, see if it's working right for your companies then you could go back into it later on if you're wanting to make the investment of it if you know it's worked so there's some things to think about and it's hard to make that choice because you know you don't want to invest in every single software available right so, so you want to do your research i think if you're using e-learning for the first time the best thing to do is to make some three courses very short very sweet um, within each lesson maybe using a different style so one could be this whiteboard video scribe one could be you talking to a camera one lesson could be more animated and then within that video um, gauge feedback you know use the free um, lesson that you've pumped out as a pilot lesson um, because then you want to see how it's going on now interestingly um, I was working for a client earlier on into January and they were saying to me okay so, so you've got these ideas of having this lesson looking like this this lesson looking like this I'm, I'm a bit worried that it's it's all going to be very different and it's not going to fit in with the brand okay very fair point to make um, it, I had to explain to that client that well you know if you expect every lesson to look and feel exactly the same the engagement's going to be really low um, very different to a workshop and I, and I think a lot of learning and training providers have this issue they think that e-learning should look the same the same way that if they're presenting a workshop all their slides look the same brand you know they're, they're usually white with a green ribbon around it or something like that and um, no that can't happen in e-learning because you're trying to gauge someone's attention especially if they're in the home environment you want them to watch this video so i would say make every video look completely different have a, um, an animated a face to camera a whiteboard one after another okay throwing some audio throwing some images tests each one should look different how you get around the whole brand video is you know during the editing stage i would just have a front cover to every video 
and with your logo in with a color scheme and then that will merge into the actual video that you're producing so you can get around the brand and especially there are also uh, a lot of like LMS software packages uh, which allow you to make it look like your brand so the website can be your brand with the video embedded in it so then you know it will look like it's your company still um, but yeah uh, animation great check out video scrape how to for some of them um, piece of camera is great I mean the technology available just off something like your iPhone um, X um, I filmed some great content on my iPhone and it just looked like I was actually making something off a professional camera so if you are starting out from from scratch you can you can make this really well and again going into the editing side of it this is where you, you can actually edit it on iMovies um, on Mac or even on your iPhone um, Android will probably have something similar apologies I'm just using one brand I'm just talking from my experiences but if you want to go more into professional editing um, then you know Filmora <clears throat> or a professional editing suite are going to be the best ones for you because this is where you're going to take um, so say you've made the video concept of a software animation package or even if it's just um, a PowerPoint then you add it onto Filmora and Filmora allows you to add the audio the music backgrounds you know the feel of it starts to come about and that's where you're going to make the, the brand of the e-learning concept actually happen let's just say um, Vita camera is good over time you then may want to invest in lighting and microphones if it's going your way you can pick up some great great online offers I know here in the UK if you were to go into Amazon there are loads of just photography lighting you know for very affordable prices um, which are great you can get very cheaply online if you're just starting off you know the clip on mics or a mic for your for your camera very affordable online and as you go back you then may want to invest in more professional equipment um, but obviously you don't want to make that investment straight away unless you are already a college provider and you know you've got the budget there, there for you let's just say um, piece of camera is great if you're making lots of videos and you're not showing the content one of my top tips is is to invest in an auto cue um, very similar to how news readers or television presenters read the news you can pick an auto cue thing up off Amazon for like 50 pounds or something like that so again I invested in that a long time ago and that was just a, a life saviour because I was originally making content on my skills but as time went on I was helping others make content and I was making videos for them. Obviously I, I researched the subject but sometimes to read off the auto cue is very helpful and it just comes across a lot more professional rather you stuttering and splashing and um, um, mm, across the whole thing so if you are going to do that learn your words or get an auto cue is what I'm trying to say um let's go back to PowerPoint a very interesting one because people it is boring you don't want everything to be a PowerPoint but there are going to be learners out there that like to read you can make a PowerPoint entertaining as you want and um, personally I use keynote which is max version I find it a lot more easier and a lot more design friendly to be honest with you um, 
<clears throat> but yeah, you might want to put in PowerPoint slides underneath a video. That's something I've done before. So I've had me explaining a concept in an animated tone as the video lesson. And then as I've put it onto the, the LMS learning management system software, I've added PowerPoint slides under it, which are like a, an additional reading material. I mean, or you can have PowerPoint slides as a lesson because don't forget there are certain people that just like that still. But it's up to you. Um, I would have them, um, but then I would maybe edit them with a voiceover just to give it that extra depth because there, again, there are people like audio. Remember, always think back to the type of learners, audio, visual, and kinesthetic. <clears throat> also, um, like how I'm doing this too now, making a podcast, there have been lessons where I've just made an audio-based podcast because especially if you're making training for your employees, um, sometimes if they're just sat in an office, they may want to have something on, like they would have a radio on, for example, so they can learn there and then. People can learn whilst they're washing the pots or sitting on the bus or you know, driving home with an audio piece of work. So it's mixtures and understanding how you can produce content. Having audio as well is great because obviously if you've got a, a time frame to make this course, and you don't have a big team to make highly produced videos, every single lesson is not gonna fit the bill. And that kind of leads me on to, um, not every lesson needs to be pristine, you know. <clears throat> In e-learning, you will just struggle and stress if you make every lit video pristine, you know. Sometimes you've gotta to learn to get on with it, which is why even webinar formats or Facebook Live formats are great. You can use a webinar system like Webinar Jam, which you can make a webinar and then afterwards download the webinar and then upload that to a lesson on your learning system software. Very quick, very easy, none of this editing. So not everything has to be pristine. Some people just like learning from a webinar, you know, especially if you're making free courses to test the water. That's an area which you would want to look at. So this leads me on from obviously planning to making the content, to actually how are you going to show the content in the first place. There are loads of different software packages out there. If you're an independent person that is just wanting to sell your courses, obviously you can look at sites like Udemy, you can charge anything from £10 to £200 on, on Udemy. Um, Udemy is a very good platform, uh, I've learned stuff off there as well, it's always a very mixed bunch whether you have a good or a bad course, so obviously you want to make it stand out so other people will use it as well. Um, you may want to, to upload things to other sites like Thinky Thick, which is good. If you're wanting to have your own site, well let's put this into context, there are two different ways you could go about this. You could upload your content to someone else's site for people who are already members of this platform to sign up to your course. The pros of this, well, those websites like Udemy already have an active audience, um, so the marketing helps. Upon selling your course, they take about 50% of the revenue, for example. Um, or you just make your own platform. <clears throat> and this is really for you if, if your e-learning is part of a business or the business. Obviously, I have my only e-learning site, which is brightthink.co. Um, I've 
used uh, a learning software, uh, Lifter LMS. It's an American uh, small company which is making learning plugins for WordPress sites. So my start, my site started off as WordPress, and we built in Lifter LMS, which allows me to make some great uh, content in terms of tests, online videos, um, assessments, social pages, because for me as well as making the content I want my community to interact with each other um, the social element to learning is a key thing um, which is why I, I, I use this software but you know other software packages do have that as well um, there are also other sites um, thinky thick you can use their technology to then have your own private website with your own private courses um, I'm using a site at the moment it's learning um, for a project which I'm working on for another client, which is, is great, um, which allows me to move from a video lesson to an interactive page. And I found this very useful because within the lesson, I'm again talking about the theory. And then on the interactive page, I'm adding the links and a little bit more information, um, a survey and a poll based on what I did on the video lesson. Now that in itself has helped save time um, because I, it's meant that every block on my storyboard, think back to the very start of the podcast, hasn't always had to be a video or a PowerPoint or something like that. I've got these interactive lessons. So say for example, I'm, I'm talking about models and theories in my video and then on the interactive page, I've added links to blogs and various other things as a source of information. <clears throat> I mean, this website is also very good things like understanding um, a library concept and sharing information resources whether it's video books various things so so when you're making the content even before you've made the content you need to think about how you're going to display the content because each learning site has its own unique features within that okay and then within that learning site that will then help you with the planning Okay, whether you're just going to push video courses on Udemy or whether you're going to actually invest in a learning site where there are features on the site which allow you to add test blocks of pages as well as your own content, let's just say. Now, I know for some of you, you may be starting out and, you know, the thought of spending 700 to £1,000 on, on a high quality platform isn't realistic right now. Um, I mean, when I started out, I was actually doing email courses. I know that sounds crazy. Email marketing isn't as dead as what people think it is, by the way. You know, on Monday, I would send an email with a video embedded in it on a, on a subject and a theory. And then people would email me about their comments and suggestions. And on Tuesday, I would put a video on there saying, well, you know, thank you for this. And in this lesson, we're going to do this. And I eventually taught a course over seven days via email. Um, this is also very good from a marketing point of view um, because um, at the very end of it, then I said, well, look, if you liked my e-learning course on my email, um, click on this link if you want to sign up to any other courses. And, and that was a good indication for me of understanding that I was now in that position to build a platform myself, you know, great like that. You can also just make courses um, from webinars, you know, and or just a video recording, even a Facebook Live. You know, rather than using a platform, you could use a Facebook group 
um, as your learning platform and you just put videos on there again that will cost you pretty much nothing if you put your mind into that and again that's a very good um, way of building a community um, which obviously you know about from previous episodes I'm quite big on, on communities and people socializing and getting a whole point together <clears throat> but you want interactions to happen with your learners but again sometimes you may not if you're producing a series of accountancy learning videos for someone sat in an office then that would just maybe a series of lessons so it's up to you going back to the the original start about who your audience is is it just going to be a free platform where you're going to push out your content or whether you're going to invest in some of the the pages which i've mentioned on this uh, podcast today so throughout this podcast i've given you a really good idea of researching in the planning stage what does the content look like to what the platform is that you're going to push it out on there feel free to email me or message me as much as you want if you've got questions um, you'll find me on instagram i am robert mitten um, my email is robert at brightthink.co and also check out my own learning page for ideas and information at brightthink.co all of the links will be underneath this podcast, so do click on them, have a look around, and again, please get in contact. I do love listening to all your messages. And also, if you're watching or listening to this podcast, uh, whether it's on my platform or whether it's on iTunes Podcast or SoundCloud, really do rate this podcast for me. Let's get the word spreading around. So until next time, which won't be as long, enjoy and happy developing. Thank <laughs> you.